Welcome to the Kinda Crunchy Podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. We can't wait for you to hear today's episode, so let's get to it. Hi guys, welcome to Kinda Crunchy. We have a super fun guest episode today. Yeah. Um, We will not be in this location. We are just introing it, giving you some life updates before we head over there. For sure. Um, She's an awesome guest, so you're going to want to stay on for this one because it's a really great episode. Um, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot from her. But before we get into that, um, if you're new here, I'm Jensen. I'm Rachel. And kind of crunchy and we're so excited to just have you listening today um let's just talk about what's happening in our lives what's new what's what's been going on so Rachel start us off yeah um so I've been loving fall it's been such a good vibe to just like have a little bit of cooler weather outside I've been loving it Um, something I've been doing, which is really weird for me, is we have Disney Plus through our phone. Oh, yes. Like, our cell phone provider, um, with our plan. And I've never, like, really used Disney. I've never been a Disney girl. Um, like, the movies, Disney World, any of it hasn't done it for me. But I just got this random urge to rewatch old Disney movies, like Mm -hmm. Pocahontas, Tarzan. the old ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old ones. And... I have just been loving them, and for some reason, they made me feel oddly emotional. Like, I'm, like, crying watching Pocahontas, which is not even historically accurate, and I'm sure it has its own slew of issues that people don't like it for, but just the music in that, so orchestral and beautiful. I love the song Colors of the Wind. Yes. That has always been, like, my favorite Disney song. Yes. Um, But Logan wanted to watch Tarzan the other night. Which also great music. Phil Collins yes. went off in Tarzan and the Lion yeah. King, right? Isn't that... Oh, so he did, you'll, be in, you'll be in my heart. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I've just been loving rewatching those. I did watch Moana, which is a little newer. Yeah. And I just think it's wonderful. I love it. But I've just been watching all these old Disney movies and they've been making me feel nostalgic and I've been loving them and the music's beautiful and the stories and I'm just like inspired by them. Old Disney's the best. I hate when they try to remake them and then they're just crappy. And I'm like, yes. stop trying to change what was already amazing. Like, it's, you're not making it better. Yes. Didn't they remake Tarzan recently? Like, live action? Dis- or am I wrong? Disney, I think so. Disney is live actioning every movie. And I'm just yes. kind of over it. That's like, true. Stop it. Like, they're, it's not that great. <laughs> like, I just think the classics are the classics for a reason. Like, come up with a new idea. Yeah. Um... I feel like, though, I could not even remember the plot of Tarzan. Neither could Logan. I don't know what it is. And now I feel like I want to watch the live-action one. Yeah, just um, to, Since yeah. we watched yeah. the animated one. Uh, also, Logan got on some weird theory that he remembered from high school about Tarzan is also linked to Frozen and the Little Mermaid somehow. Okay. It's like a conspiracy. Yes. There's, you should look it up. We should look <laughs> this up, actually. He I was would, way too into it. I no, heard the whole thing the other night. There's a way that all these Disney movies actually like tie together for some reason. It's kind of fascinating. But no, I think he's correct. It really was. But the classics are doing it for me. It's just been a good vibe. Love that for you. Me crying at Pocahontas. Who am I? <laughs> Just in the middle of a random Wednesday while Is it cooking like dinner. Your time of the month where you would be emotional. No. Oh, okay. I just really am more in tune with my emotional side these days, I guess. But that's awesome. Yeah. What are what's your news of your life? Well, one thing that I did was I fasted, and it oh. wasn't food. So I was just fasting more for spiritual purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not for like mm. you Love know, intermittent fasting, just more like focus on my relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. time in prayer. And I was like, what's the one thing that would be really hard for me to give up? And I'm like, that's the thing that I don't want to give up that I should give up. And I was like, I can give up any food. I can give up anything, social media, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And then I was like, ooh, coffee. <laughs> and I thought about it. And I've never given up coffee for more than two or three days. I just love it. It genuinely makes yeah. me so happy. Wait, side note. Before I get into that, do you want to know what I did? I created a note on Logan's phone with all my coffee favorites. So if he's ever, like, driving by one of my favorite <laughs> coffee shops, he knows what to get me. Brilliant. Yeah. She's the mastermind, guys. Yeah. Do it. Just put it in your husband or boyfriend's phone. Any of your favorite oh, things. Oh, get there? And, they're like, and you're like, oh, you were at that coffee shop? And you knew exactly what to get me because it was there for you. Take out the guesswork. <laughs> Anyways. So I was like, I should give up coffee. So for 21 days, I did not drink a sip of coffee. Wow. You probably saw me on my matcha kick. It wasn't... Were you exhausted, Jensen? <laughs> no. Okay. No. This is what I'm going to talk about. I realize that I'm not addicted to coffee. I don't have withdrawals. That's amazing. I only have, like, usually one or two caffeinated cups a day, and I don't feel like I ever actually need them. I just genuinely like a joy love giver. the taste and joy of coffee. Mm. I, had, I had no headaches. I had no withdrawal. I had the same, yeah. I had the same amount of energy, but when it was 21 days were over, I was so happy to have my coffee back it's cozy like I don't love coffee I just like the feeling it gives me it just makes and especially in the when it's getting cooler out and the warm drink in the morning and like so our church has just black coffee and Mm. I don't know I literally (laughs) tell Logan I was like that coffee is blessed it's probably just like Folgers (laughs) crappy coffee they put holy they make it with holy water I don't know why so it's like every Sunday we get to church usually a minute or two late walk in the door, I go get my coffee, and then we just go into worship and search. And that's like, those, there were two weeks in there where I didn't have my coffee, and I just was like, it's just not the same. <laughs> not but the same. <laughs> anyways, I did it. It was a really good time, sweet time with just like focusing on my relationship with the Lord, realizing that like nothing really can fill me or sustain me but Him. But I am glad that God made coffee because now we're back. Um, thank you, Jesus, for coffee. Thank you, Jesus, for coffee. <laughs> um, but my other life update was, this will probably be, like, really late because it happened, like, two weeks ago, and this will be airing later. But yeah. we have, um, Logan and I are part of a club. Um, it's called the Lancaster Leader Crons. Mm. So it's this, like, German organization. There's, like, two or 3,000 members. Most of the members, like, you know, you just kind of, like, it's, like. Are one of you German? His grandpa. So his grandpa's okay. like a member. Logan's German. Logan's, <laughs> did you just join a German no, club? Logan, Logan studied German his whole life. Okay. Like he, there's a connection. He lived in Germany for a summer. Like he's lived, yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, there's many German connections. And his grandpa's always been a member. And a lot of his like co-workers are members there. It's mm, not expensive mm-hmm. to join. You basically go to a membership class and you're a member for life. Um, but every September they have like their annual Oktoberfest. And, Fun. And it's open to the public and it's thousands of people come to this like, we should have come we should have planned a podcast weekend we should have that. next year we should next year it is so much fun like they have like at, first off people dress in like the leader hosens and, oh like, how the, fun like, not everyone does but a lot of people do they have like live music and like german chants and people like have yeah. like the big beer steins and it's just like do they do a competition of holding the beer uh-huh. steins yeah, yeah. are you doing it that doesn't really seem... I don't know. Maybe, I think you could kill it, Jensen. Maybe I could. Yeah. I would die for a video of you, an Instagram live of you maybe, holding the beer stein winning the competition. Maybe next year. 
Um, but it was so much fun. We got to catch up with so many people there, and it was just like, it just. It felt like one of those things where, like, no one was really on their phone. Like, it was just, like, a really good conversation. Enjoying the vibes. And there were, like, yeah. kids there and, like, 80-year-olds there. And everyone was, like, so having fun. fun. But it was all authentic German food. You felt like you wow. were literally, like, in Germany. But it was, like, 10 minutes from our house. Um, so we, like, went there that Friday night and then, like, that Saturday afternoon. That's but we awesome. had so much fun. So, yeah, it was just, like, just a fun little fall activity. And the weather was, like, perfect. It was, like, 70. Like, you said, like, mm-hmm. jeans and, like, a light sweater on. It was it was a good time. That so. sounds like a wonderful time yeah like so much fun I've always wanted to go to like an Oktoberfest like that just because it seems like so much fun like the vibes are just so good so maybe next year we'll have to plan that vibes were high but yeah that's all my life update so I love it well we are on the road today kind of crunchy's hitting the road for a very special guest Mm -hmm. and we are very excited um to interview this guest and have her on our podcast so Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Kinda Crunchy. Today, we are on the road <laughs> visiting a very special guest. We are so excited to be here to be sharing this episode with you guys. Um, we know that you're going to love it because it gets a little more into agricultural cows, milk, farming, all the mm-hmm. things you guys ask about. Um, our special guest today is Lisa Vivian yeah. from mm-hmm. Lanes End Farm. She's here with us, and she's going to share a little bit about... Um, Lanes End Farm and what it is and how they got here and about her experience with cows and farming and just the whole lifestyle. So um, we're just so excited to have you here. Thank you. Can you you start us out by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I, Jesse and I are high school sweethearts. Jesse's my husband. Mm -hmm. He was raised on a commodity traditional dairy farm. So just the dairy farm you would expect. They milked about 80 cows. um, So they had about 200 on their farm and then 80 that were milking. And they sold all of that milk via milk truck to a commodity Mm -hmm. processor. Um, He loved his upbringing on a dairy farm. And it was very different than mine, which was in like a normal neighborhood, small little yards, Mm -hmm. you know, like perfectly manicured yards, no pets other than dogs and cats. Um, He loved his (laughs) upbringing. And so when we had our first daughter, we moved on to this property, which is about 20 acres. And the first thing he started doing was just like marching out where we were going to put a cow. So we kind of <laughs> knew early on we were going to end up with cows. Were you, I know you said you were high school sweethearts. So mm-hmm. did you get a lot of experience around the cows while dating him? So a little bit. And actually it wasn't really my thing. So okay. a, a traditional dairy farm, if anyone knows, like if you're just driving by a big dairy farm, cows are messy and yeah. smelly. <laughs> and yes. so they, dairy farms are not very clean places. So I would go and I would kind of like check everything out. But it was just not my thing. I, I yeah. felt really uncomfortable. It was really unnatural <laughs> for me. Um, but I definitely learned to appreciate the hard work and the, mm-hmm. like the work ethic that dairy farmers had. But no, it was not my thing. And I never thought that I would be living on a dairy farm. Never. Yeah. Wow. First thought wasn't, where do we put the cow? No. And cow. I thought, okay, a beef cow, that'll be fine. Yeah. But this really shocked me yeah that's that's amazing so yeah you might see the cows in the background of our video if you're watching on youtube um but so you have a creamery now you have a farm and a creamery so how did it go from obviously your husband wanted a cow but then how do you have multiple cows how do you have a creamery what's the story yeah it's actually a little bit of a sad story so um my husband's parents were first generation dairy farmers they bought their farm off of another farmer but they had to pay for it Mm -hmm. they were really young when they got started um they farmed for 38 years and then Jesse's mom had a pretty tragic accident on the farm 
Um, and then due to financial reasons, because there's not much profit margin in commodity dairy farming. So due to financial reasons, um, in 2017, they had to sell their dairy herd. They sold everything. Um, all their dairy cows and everything, and they were just going to sell them all to auction so that they could kind of, you know, move forward with their life. Jesse came home from whenever he had the hard talk with his parents. It was devastating for him. It really was. Um, mm-hmm. He came home, though, and said, all right, I've got this crazy idea. What do you think? Um, I want to bring home a couple heifer calves. So those are girls, baby girl calves that were brand new. Um, and then we'll have a couple years we can breed them and we can try our hand at milking cows and like he called it a jugging dairy but essentially a creamery where we would sell directly to consumer and I was like "Ah, okay (laughs) (laughs) well I I don't I don't know I I had I didn't really I didn't have any basis you know and I was thinking okay then one or two cows sure let's try this Mm -hmm. so we brought home our first two buttercup and lily they're back Mm -hmm. in our herd right now um, we brought them home in 2017 and then they both freshened to have calves in 2019. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. So at the time, were you both working and then yes. this was also an addition? <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I still work in the hospital. My primary job, which I guess I should have said this sooner, I'm a um, hospitalist physician assistant. So my job is actually complete yeah. juxtaposition to this farm life. Yeah. I work in the hospital in a sterile wow. environment. I, I do really enjoy my job. Um, and yeah. Jesse's a real estate agent. We both had other jobs um, completely. And then, yeah, the idea of the creamery came up and then the clock was ticking, you know, and we are, um, we're people of faith. And so we, we really like, we prayed over it and we kept thinking if we can make this work and if Mm -hmm. we can do this the right way, building this farm up, um, using what we can afford to do. So Mm -hmm. we didn't want to borrow. We didn't want to get ourselves into any debt over it Mm -hmm. because we didn't know if it was going to work. It was just like a project. Yeah. So we, we slowly just, you know, saved away, put an addition on the barn, got a hold of our dairy inspector who also thought we were crazy. Now he's like our best friend and our number one cheerleader, but he thought we were crazy. Awesome. Um, and then, yeah, we started just like, you know, chipping away at building everything so that in 2019, um, we were ready. We had milk and we were ready to start. Amazing wow. how it kind of just like <laughs> evolved. And like you said, a very sad story that's blossomed into something so beautiful. Yeah. Um, w- in this transition of his parents' farm having to shut down, I know you were saying they sold more commercial, large scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that that was one of the factors in your decision to to sell smaller scale to consumer mm-hmm. here in Brockway. Um, what all went into that decision? Was that the only basis of that? Or kind of why did you decide to go straight to consumer on your own farm rather than the big commercial route? That's a great question. So in today's modern dairy uh, culture, the small family farm, so milking 80 cows or less like Jesse's parents did, um, if you sell just a commodity, the prices are terrible, the margins are minuscule, and it's really tough to make a living. Mm -hmm. So whenever we brought this back, I actually forgot this till just now, Jesse, we were not sure that people would want just fluid milk. We didn't know what people would mm-hmm. want, but we knew that with two cows, we could not sell to commodity. So our thought was, what if we did cheese? What if we started making cheese? <laughs> so Jesse actually went to Penn State and did the cheese making course, and he's a certified cheese maker. He did that like in 2018, he's I think. Got that it, in his back yeah. pocket. <laughs> it's a good yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when we were choosing, when we like when we were choosing our vats, um, our pasteurizing vat, when we picked those out, the idea was they also need to. Um, have a secondary function as a cheese vat, which mm-hmm. they do, because mm-hmm. we just didn't think that anyone would want to buy milk. So going into it, we knew we had to sell direct to consumer. 
but our original plan was actually cheese. And wow. Yeah. So and have you done any cheese up to Almost this point? none. Yeah, we've made in the beginning we did. Okay. But since we got our official inspection, I mean the timeline was just crazy. We got our official inspection um, February, the end of February of 2020, mm-hmm. and then COVID came in yeah. March. So then it was like, yeah. well, what are we going to do now? But then that, as you guys know, that whole local food movement really picked yes. up mm-hmm. with COVID because there was the food scarcity, scare, you know, people mm-hmm. were afraid that they weren't mm-hmm. going to have access to food. So we were, I mean, I just put up a Facebook page and we, I thought, well, let's just see what happens with the milk. Yeah. Um, we had, you know, in the beginning, just buttercups milk. And then a, a month later we had Lily's milk. So a cow makes about five gallons of milk a day. So the first couple of months we had five gallons of milk mm-hmm. and and I thought, well, we'll just, you know, drink it ourselves, give it mm-hmm. to friends and family, sell what we can. And it was like wildfire. It wow. sold in minutes wow. and people were like driving back the road constantly. Wow. And yeah. So then we knew we had yeah. something. I mean, and most of our customers were like either young people that were telling us mm-hmm. I've never had milk like this before. Mm-hmm. This milk tastes so much better. Mm-hmm. Or older customers who say this is the milk of my childhood. Yeah. I remember getting this off mm-hmm. of so-and-so's yep. dairy farm right out of the tank. Um, I can't wait to drink this milk again. So it's amazing when you have like really good milk, how it compares to <laughs> hi buddy. <laughs> when you have really good like homemade milk from a farm, like compared to a store, like it, the store just tastes like watered down, it's, and it's the the quality it's is like amazing. unmatched. Yeah. yeah, you're you're so right. Yeah, um, we the customers tell us that all the time, and we're so proud of it. We're so yeah. proud of the quality of our milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um. I think there's two like parallel movements where you see a lot of people right now going to the plant-based milks or mm-hmm. alternative milks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're seeing a lot of people that are transitioning to more locally sourced food yeah. and looking for that. So we're big fans of like whole local mm-hmm. foods, yes. um, milk. We we both even have tried raw milk at different yeah. times, and um, we believe there's like a lot of health benefits behind absolutely milk as itself and Mm -hmm. dairy in general and then anything locally sourced is going to be a better source than the grocery store just because Mm -hmm. it's fresher you know where the ingredients are coming from you know the animal it's coming from um there's just a lot more there that is transparent yes um so i don't i know you work in healthcare, and Mm -hmm. i wasn't sure if you'd be willing to share from your perspective any of the benefits of um getting locally sourced milk or dairy and and why that is such a positive in the health spectrum. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And you mentioned raw milk. We, I mean, we believe wholeheartedly in raw milk. We just don't do it because when we started, like we said, our inspector Mm -hmm. thought we were crazy. We wanted to do cheese. (laughs) We just didn't have the funds to get the testing facility and all the testing needed for raw, but we believe in it. Um, And actually our milk is as close as you can get to raw. So it's Mm -hmm. pasteurized in a vat, um, the old fashioned method, like the Louis Pasteur method you learned about in elementary school Mm -hmm. the milk goes to 140 degrees Fahrenheit stays there for 30 minutes and then is cooled back down Um, so it doesn't have like a longer shelf life than you know other milk per Mm -hmm. se um, because it's it's still like minimally minimally pasteurized Mm -hmm. and because it's not homogenized I think that's the big key when it comes to dairy intolerance in people and why our milk is probably more beneficial than a than like ultra pasteurized ultra homogenized milk is um, homogenization. It's the process where the fat globules um, that should rise to the top in milk Mm -hmm. are like centrifuged essentially. So spun really fast so that they're broken into tiny microscopic pieces and they disperse through the milk evenly. 
And the problem with that in like the little bit of research I've been able to find is that when you're digesting it, the human gut is not designed to digest those teeny tiny, Mm -hmm. you know, microscopic fat globules. So it's harder to digest. Um, But I think by not homogenizing the milk and letting the cream rise and stay in its whole form, it's easier to digest on the body. And a lot of our customers will come to us for that. And, you know, like kids, especially um, we've had children with eczema that have, you know, their eczema has been cured Mm -hmm. because they switched to our milk from store milk. Um, A lot of just GI intolerances from customers that say, I can only drink your milk Mm -hmm. because it doesn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a lot of the the health benefit. Um, And one other thing too about our milk that we're super proud of is we do not feed any fermented feed. So on a traditional uh, commodity dairy farm, you're pushing for production. You want the cow to make as much milk as possible Mm -hmm. because that's ultimately your paycheck. Um, So in order for the cow to make more milk, you feed them a higher calorie Mm -hmm. diet. Mm -hmm. So that would be like we call it fermented feed. So they take a corn mixture and then they allow it to sit and ferment. Mm -hmm. So almost like sauerkraut, but not, but kind of, it creates more sugar content, more calories. And then the cow in turn can make more milk. Yeah. We don't feed any fermented feed mostly because we don't have, we never had the equipment because we're on this little like DIY (laughs) place here. Um, But also because we thought if we're selling directly, the flavor needs to be the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So by not feeding fermented feed, we don't have any of that altered. Like you can imagine, you know, if if a cow is consuming a lot of sauerkraut, that taste is going to pull through in their milk. So our cows only eat dry hay with a supplement of grain just for their minerals. And I think that dry hay and grass-based diet, 100%, is what changes the flavor. And also, I think it has health benefit too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like my mind's blown. Sorry, I know. I know. That info just yeah, given. That was so good. I'm going into a lot of things. <laughs> no, no, that's so good. Our <laughs> listeners love that. Because a lot of them wonder yes. why, like, why when I'm <laughs> drinking store-bought milk, why does this bother my stomach? Yeah. And, like, that was a def- that was a perfect explanation because I didn't know that. Yes. So. And actually, one of our first episodes we ever did mm-hmm. on the Kind of Crunchy podcast mm-hmm. was about raw milk and, you know, kind of talking about, yeah. you know, if you have an intolerance to dairy... Sometimes when you try raw milk, that's not going to be the case. And we had a lot of people who messaged us and were saying, you know, I'm a little scared of the raw milk thing or it's hard to source. Mm -hmm. What's the next best thing? And I was always saying, Lane's End, (laughs) they use the low heat pasteurization method, Mm -hmm. the old fashioned one. So they're still keeping a lot of that Mm -hmm. good stuff in there. And um, we've always said, like, find a local cow, someone with a local cow, even if they are pasteurizing, where you can go see that cow meet mm. it, where you know the farmer, you know the animal it's coming from, the treatment they're experiencing, right. just in general, having more transparency. And yeah. um, so I think with Lane's End, one of the beautiful things about it is you're here at your home yeah. and your farm's <laughs> right here. Mm-hmm. And this is where your farm store is. So yeah. you have people coming up mm-hmm. and driving up yep. to your farm store where the cows are right back there. And um, I mean, I know obviously that's important to you guys, but can you speak a little bit to um, how it's been impactful for you guys to see your local community be able to source local milk and meet the animal and meet the farmer and and the importance of that to you guys as well? Yeah, it's been beyond what we could have imagined. And just like, I mean, our farm shop is open minimal hours just because of our availability right mm-hmm. now. And even in that time, I mean, the people that come through, it's it's so meaningful because it is really hard 
kind of thankless work otherwise farming mm-hmm. um cows can be difficult <laughs> they're big they make a lot of manure they make big messes um and sometimes it is just frustrating work but whenever you get you know a, a kid that runs through the door and can't wait to grab their chocolate milk pint mm-hmm. it just makes you feel so much better yeah uh, we also have this really cool partnership with um andy from sunrise coffee bar in brockway mm-hmm. she started the coffee shop downtown and she exclusively uses our milk in all of her lattes and any of her yeah. drinks Oh, yeah, so, cool. so we've met so many people that have come from there, weren't <laughs> yeah. going to come out to our farm otherwise, mm-hmm. but said that was the best latte I've ever had. I had to come out here. I had to see this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, So it is really cool. It's cool to see it come full circle. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like every coffee shop I go to, I'm like, I mean, man, I wish they actually use like real good milk here. So that's that's so cool that you're able to she partner does. with her. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's been it's been the best partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious, just sitting here looking at your farm, like what? And obviously, you guys work full time jobs. What is your normal? day to day like how do you get it all done like what yeah. does a, what does a typical day look like for yeah. you milking and well you guys see jesse right now yes. uh, <laughs> Hard jesse's pushing hay right now to the heifers these are the young stock over here we've kind of got them scattered um so jesse does almost all of the laborious farm task um the kids and i help when like usually in the afternoons we'd be out here right now helping mm-hmm. um we help with afternoon chores as much as we can but jesse does like he wakes up around four and by four thirty he's down milking the cows Mm -hmm. we do milk once a day and I can talk a little bit more about that later Um, so we only milk our cows in the morning so he starts milking in the morning and then he also gets all the milk rolling um, for whatever they're gonna process that day Um, and then you know the the kids and I wake up and get now at school so we get get everything (laughs) from the house side done and Mm -hmm. moving for school I would say my job is um, you know I help him bottle milk as much as I can I am the 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 gelato maker I suppose Ooh. I'm the one who makes the gelato and a lot of that is because I've just struggled with trust I need to let <laughs> I need to let it go a little bit but um so I make gelato one or two days a week um so wow. then Jesse and I'll be down there doing that and then otherwise I do primarily all of our um online marketing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you know say like any any online sales any online marketing social media marketing and then I also manage um like uh, keeping track of labels and all of the supply chain stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah but most for the Mm -hmm. most part our day starts with jesse milking in the morning and then once we get the kids off to school we start bottling and that lasts until about one or two and then deliveries and then chores start around three and then chores end usually by six or seven so it's a full day every day yeah (laughs) and i love um how multifaceted you are because you have this degree and work in healthcare. yeah and then you're also working on a farm mm-hmm. and then you're doing the marketing and the recipe development yes, um, yes. and that's on the way up Jensen and I were talking about all your products and I was saying they have different gelatos like every single month and then the milks like a seasonal flavor yeah. can you talk a little bit about um, that side of it of creating these different flavors and recipes mm-hmm. and what your favorite gelato flavor maybe has oh been yeah. or what this month's gelato flavor yeah. is yeah <laughs> yeah definitely we can talk about that so I've always been a huge food fan I love the flavors of food and I love real food like when mm-hmm. I can like get something in mm-hmm. season you got you guys know and pick it at the, at its peak and then yeah. use it there's nothing yeah. better mm-hmm. so that's kind of been my idea for the gelato all along is just mm-hmm. what's in season and how what can we get our hands on and then somehow turn it into an ice cream um so a lot of a lot of the recipes are just like things I think of seasonally mm-hmm. I don't even know sometimes I'm like I'll say to my friends at work or to Jesse I can't think of anything else but then I do I just keep coming yeah. up with yeah. them. <laughs> so I really don't know I don't know how or why it, I don't know where it comes from but 
but I do really enjoy it. Um, so right now it's fall, obviously. So all of mm-hmm. our fall, fall flavors have released. And I just like went through an old cookbook and was just picking out different re- desserts and things that I liked that were fall based. Mm-hmm. And that's where our flavors came from. Our first one is pumpkin cheesecake. Mm-hmm. And again, it's oh, it's really important for me to use real ingredients. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. our gelato base is our milk with cream and then we add egg yolk just the yolk of eggs and Mm -hmm. then there's uh, milk powder which helps it to not get icy Mm -hmm. Um, sugar sea salt vanilla I mean it's very basic very simple yeah it doesn't Mm -hmm. I mean it's so simple but yet so good yes (laughs) and then yes and then all of our flavors same thing I would never ever use any artificial ingredients never any food dyes Um, so we or artificial food dyes I should say so our pumpkin is real pumpkin puree and then Mm. um, we use our pumpkin sauce which is also in our milk same thing real pumpkin puree sugar and spices um, and then we have a ginger snap crust in that. So that's the pumpkin cheesecake. We did just this week another fresh batch of our caramel apple cheesecake, which is our cheesecake base, um, has real cream cheese in it. And then we added a, a reduced spiced apple cider. So it's Ooh. like fall in a cup. It's it's a good one. I'm hungry now. This sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I also think you just so quickly passed over the fact you do the marketing and the online social media (laughs) and the recipes. And when I had said, Jensen, you have to check out Lanes and Farm, she was like, oh my gosh, this website, you have the blog with the recipes, your social media, Jensen. Your social media is so good. Jensen's job is marketing and social media. And And I was like, this is so good. Yeah. Which is just amazing because you're probably, you feel like you're probably wearing so many hats. Which you are. Yeah. And I also don't feel that my social media is amazing. So I appreciate that a lot. you guys are doing awesome (laughs) yes yeah it's it's outstanding um we're obsessed with everything you're doing yeah we love it and um you know Jensen and I have both always talked about our dream is to have a cow yes (laughs) I've always said right now at our house my husband and I are at it's a transition house for us and we cannot have a cow yeah (laughs) but we're hoping in the next few years to move and Mm -hmm. I've always been like where's the cow going yeah (laughs) and um he's always said to me he's like are you really going to go milk a cow though? Are you really going to wake up and milk twice a day and put on the boots in the winter? And I was like, you better believe it. Yeah. But I am in a little bit of a delusional world because I've not had the experience. So I would love for you to share with us a little bit about what, what to expect if mm-hmm. you were if you to get have a, cow. a cow. If yeah. any of our listeners sure. were to yeah. want to get a cow yes. yeah. Yeah. sometime and in the future. For sure. And I'll <laughs> tell you a little story. So in 2021, um, we, so we were a year and a half into it. We had grown significantly from our two cows. And then, um, you know, up to at that time, I think we had a total of 12, but we were milking mm-hmm. eight cows. Um, and Jesse was milking them twice a day with a bucket milker. So if you're, I mean, if you're familiar with homesteading, that's common. It's just a bucket with a, a it's electric and it has a pulsator on it mm-hmm. so that you don't, you don't have to milk by hand. Um, but then the bucket gets f- filled with five gallons of milk every time. And he had to pick it up and dump it into our bulk tank, eight cows twice a day. So he hurt his back oh, and, and he is a strong guy and never complains but the one morning I saw him just like limping down to the barn it was in August 2021 yeah. I'll never forget it and we were I mean we were at a crossroads it was like I can't do this anymore mm-hmm. we can't really afford yet to put in a pipeline which is an automatic system which we were saving for um 
and it was we, um, something's got to give. And I had stumbled across other farmers doing once a day milking with Jersey cows, mm-hmm. so I was like, we I think we should look into this. I think this could salvage hours a day, um, and it did. It changed everything for us. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it was really scary at first. Our friends at Creambrook Farm, they're a raw milk dairy in Virginia. They okay. took a phone call with us graciously mm-hmm. and just talked us into it. They had our backs, and they were like, "You guys can do this." Um, but that would be my best and first advice for anyone who's homesteading: don't be afraid to consider once a day milking. Not okay. all breeds of cows are are you know appropriate for once a day milking. Um, Holsteins in particular are not. So that's the black and white spotted cow. Okay. Uh, they are they are genetically modified to be heavy producers. They make mm-hmm. a lot of milk, so they probably would be a higher risk of mastitis on once a day milking. But Jersey cows are perfect. Mm-hmm. So any the brown cows, brown Swiss cows, um, a lot of homesteading, traditional homesteading cows are perfectly suited for once a day milking. And that would give you a huge breath of fresh air because like you wouldn't have yeah. to worry about twice a day outside yeah. with yep. your cow. You could just throw <laughs> some hay in front of her in the evenings and then not worry about it if the weather was bad. Um, but no, the, I think the rule of thumb is, you know, as far as like a homestead cow, you need an acre and a half of grass or pasture for a mm-hmm. cow. And then my other advice would be keep it as far away from the house as possible. Ours are cr- <laughs> creeping in a little mm-hmm. close here because the fly. are so Mm -hmm. real the flies are terrible um but yeah an acre and a half of land and then I mean you just gotta have you need to have a good relationship with a vet obviously because Mm -hmm. things happen Mm -hmm. and there are certain Mm -hmm. precautions that need to be taken and then of course they have to have a calf every year to make milk Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so they have like a dry period of 60 days before um where they they don't make milk at all before they have their calf but then as soon after um they'll start making milk for nine months and you've got to breed them in there to keep them yeah. making wow. a, making milk. Yeah, That's great advice mm-hmm. from someone who has a cow and yeah. multiple cows. Yeah, we've yeah. got lots. I think we have 20 here now Yeah, because <laughs> we have a lot of listeners that are in the same life space as us where yeah. they're like, I want a homestead. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's worth my time to source versus mm-hmm. to do myself? Because yeah. it's always that balance of yes. like, am I in a place I can locally source it mm-hmm. and that the price is right or is it better to do it myself and right. it's, it's always trying to figure it out and you know something like a garden's a smaller thing to experiment mm-hmm. with whereas getting a cow that's yeah. going to produce more cows is yeah. a bigger yeah. thing yes yeah. <laughs> um so yeah we love that advice I know you said you're going on like five-ish years here mm-hmm. it'll be yeah. next spring so you've obviously grown from okay let's take a couple cows yeah and let's sell some milk mm-hmm. to we have a whole farm store with yes. these products mm-hmm. and we have cows that keep producing yeah. and more cows. So, you know, I'm sure where where you started to where you are now is is more than you thought it would be. So definitely going into the next five years, what's the vision yeah. for Lane's oh, End? That's <laughs> such a great question. Even just starting out with this little gelato cart that I made, I, I wanted to have it for our friends who have the flower farm, um, Meadow and Twilight Farm. They, I love their U-Picks. It's the best experience. And I wanted to have a little cart to take there. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we put it out there, I immediately had people saying, can I rent that? Could you come to my baby shower? What about my wedding? And I had not even thought of that. So that brings it back like you know, years ago, I went to this ag conference and I'll never forget them telling you, let your customers tell you where your business is going to go. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. make the decision in stone. Let your customers guide you. And it's so true. So now we're like working on, you know, I've got some girls that are willing to staff the gelato card. I've already booked a couple weddings at, you know, at Tucked In Farm next year already. So I'm really excited about that. Um, awesome. My dream here on this place would be to acquire some more land. And I would love to have an actual scoop shop with a place mm-hmm. for people to come and just 
relax, truly relax, mm-hmm. you know, get a cup of gelato, maybe a cup of coffee and just hang out and relax. We, um, we have three little kids and I, I always say, it seems like every place to get ice cream is along a major highway. So you have mm-hmm. to like run your kids in the door and then hang on to them so they don't get hit yeah. by a car. <laughs> and it's never an, like an enjoyable experience, yeah. but I would love to give that to people. Yeah. You know, if you could just bring your kids and let them roam. And the only thing that's going to happen to them is maybe they get shocked by the fence. But besides that, <laughs> they'll be fine. <laughs> um, but I would love to have that like an actual like a real space and then um you know give people a place to come and really enjoy the farm Mm -hmm. I feel like creating like that atmosphere like I feel like that is such like a big thing nowadays like it's not just the food it's like the whole experience and I feel like you could totally provide that here and that would be so special so yeah I would love to do yeah and that people definitely crave a um a slower paced Mm -hmm. life today it seems like or at least some sort of escape to Mm -hmm. you know be around animals or just kind of like you were saying that feeling of like Mm -hmm. this feels good this feels nostalgic in some sort Mm -hmm. of way or like I'm just at peace here and like filled with joy and I think your farm already does that with like (laughs) your shop is so aesthetically pleasing (laughs) that it just feels so good to be there um to again see that animal it's Mm -hmm. coming from um and have that whole experience but I just I think it's exciting to see where you guys have come and where you're looking to go and who knows where that may be right right because you know you can plan but plans never go as planned it's true it's true yeah I know another thing we're looking into is we are regularly getting questions from aspiring dairy farmers or even homesteaders that want to try to make a little bit of money or dairy farmers that are trying to find a way to get into value-added processing and start selling their own milk direct to consumer Mm -hmm. I mean I've gotten questions from all over the country even outside of the country just from my little social media account. So I started pivoting a little bit into maybe we should try to do some type of education because I yeah. would love to see every town have one of these, you know, yeah. where mm-hmm. or two or three because how cool would it be if one, you know, one creamery could just focus on cheese and another one could just focus on milk and another one could do ice creams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would just be such a gift to the community to get a chance to, to get to know their farmers like that. Um, so it's a, it's a big part of who we are and now it's really becoming a passion of both of ours to try to find a way to help educate other farmers Mm -hmm. to prove that this can really happen um they you know we're not there's nothing special about us we just were committed to making this come to life Mm -hmm. and and it didn't cost us that much money and it it's possible on a small scale Mm -hmm. for any potential dairy farmer so that's our next that's our next big drive too I think is to try to find a way to share what we've done Mm -hmm. share all of our mistakes help people avoid the mistakes Mm -hmm. we made and give them you know a path to help them start their own creamery kind of like a how to milk a cow plus more boot camp, yeah. Right? yeah yeah I know I know we could do that too because Jesse is a pro at all of that hand milking yeah. and because wow. we do we do hand milk sometimes whenever they you know whenever they first come fresh so we're a pro at all the things wow. <laughs> I I love that because I feel like um we're in such a good area here and so blessed to have you know families that have these small product con- to consumer farms right. like you guys do right. I'm, I live in the Punxsutawney area so you're a little ways away from yeah. me but I have several farms around that I can I visit it. and get mm-hmm. local products and um it's such a blessing to be someone living in an area like that where I can source everything that my family's eating mm-hmm. from people that I personally get to meet and see their animals yeah. and know where the food's coming from and know that that money's going to them as a family and then back into the community exactly. where they live locally. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so I think that's just such an awesome kind of add on our mission. If, if you do pivot that way, or maybe it's just one of the additional things you do in addition to 
all the other. (laughs) (laughs) Because really empowering communities like that to have several people that, you know, you guys do dairy, maybe someone else does just the chickens and eggs or the veggie garden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we can really build these communities up of having people who have these skills, but also want to develop them into businesses where we can all work together and really self-sustain as a community. I Mm -hmm. think that's the dream of all the people that want to be homesteaders. And it gets overwhelming, like to do it all, like, okay, well, I want to have kids and, and need to send them to school and then work a job and have a cow and have chickens and have the garden. So really having these uh, pinnacles in the community like you guys is Definitely. is such a blessing to so many people and I think that's awesome. I think it's crazy how we've come full circle because this is how things used to be. Like yes. you used to have all this and then we put everything in one grocery store and now we're coming back to it. So You're so right because that is what our customers tell us yeah. too. This is the milk of my childhood. Yeah. You know, They always, at that ag conference I went to, they said you, you have to identify who your you know ideal customer avatar is. Mm-hmm. Who is your mm-hmm. primary customer? Mm-hmm. And the first couple weeks I was like, I think it's the 70 year old men. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) They appreciate this milk because it's nostalgia to them and it's what milk should be. It's real milk. Um, But now, oh my gosh, our customer base has exploded. But it is. It's amazing Mm -hmm. to see people come back and say, that's the way milk should taste. Yeah, I love that. My dad's definitely one that's Mm -hmm. like, no, we have, we used to have to go milk the cow. And my mom Mm -hmm. says, yeah, we got it in glass bottles on the porch. And so they don't think it's weird at all that I go like (laughs) get glass bottles of milk from Mm -hmm. a farmer or get a locally sourced Mm -hmm. milk. They're like, that's the way it used to be. We don't know why it's all just in the grocery store now. So, um, yeah, I love that it brings it all full circle. Like Mm -hmm. Jensen said, um, and everything you guys are doing here. As far as, you know, our podcast obviously goes into all different subjects of health and wellness and just like homesteading and living a balanced life and holistic health. But Mm -hmm. we always talk about an 80-20 balance between, you know, these holistic things and then real life. Like we live Mm -hmm. in the 21st century. Yes. So (laughs) we have these ideals of what homestead life's going to look like, Mm -hmm. but, you know, there has to be balance there. Exactly. with that, I know that you said you kind of have two very um, different roles of yeah. living on a farm and then working in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of in general, can you tell us any type of advice you have for anyone looking to live a healthier, more holistic lifestyle, whether it has yeah. to do with dairy or just in general, yeah. that would be any type of advice to our listeners. I um, love that so much. Yes. <laughs> I think the very first thing is definitely go easy on yourself and start mm-hmm. small. I mean, mm-hmm. really, really small if you have to. Um, gosh, yeah, find a local farmer if you can for milk. If not, you know, find there. People are selling chicken eggs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but gosh, and then and anyone can start a small little kitchen mm-hmm. garden too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you can, if you can just make it your primary goal, and this is something I teach my kids so as best I can, um, we need to think of food as fuel for Mm -hmm. our bodies and the simpler it is, the closer it is from nature, the better our bodies can handle it. So I think, you know, if you can just look at it in that perspective, like even if you're just buying meat from the store, I I think it's okay. Obviously I I buy meat from the store too. I I don't have Mm -hmm. chickens here, so Mm -hmm. I buy chicken from the store. Um, But I think you just have to tell yourself, whatever I'm eating, whatever I'm choosing to eat, I want to try to get it as close to the source as possible so that Mm -hmm. it's easier on my body and better for my body. Yeah. That's great advice. We love that. We always have so many listeners that ask us questions like, Mm -hmm. where do you guys get your chicken or your beef or this or that? Because I think we're all in that 
that struggle of like, mm-hmm. where can I source this thing yes. versus that thing? It's yeah. hard. So, it's yeah. hard to find. It is. It's yeah. hard to find a lot of good sources. And, you yeah. know, even if it's small, you have to make sure you're getting it from a trusted farmer too. Yes. So like yeah. there is a balance <laughs> yeah, there. Sure. There really is. Yeah. No, but that's wonderful advice. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off? Um, uh, you've already shared so much. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think <laughs> if I could add anything, it would just be that, um, you know, if this is something you wanted to do, if having your own family milk cow or, um, you know, if you were raised on a dairy farm and want to consider the value added space, you know, f- through a creamery selling direct to farmer, it is possible. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it is a daunting task and you have to be committed, but you definitely can do it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, Seriously, for welcome. everything. I feel like and this is what happens with a guest. We just like, our eyes are just open. They always teach us so much. So I feel like I definitely learned so much. And I'm sure you did too, Rachel. This was amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys coming out. Yes. Oh, we're, so we love being, this is so fun <laughs> yeah, for us. Yeah, literally, the honor is ours. We were like, yeah. Oh, we can't believe she's letting us come interview yes, her. Yeah. We're so excited. So oh, yeah. yes, thank you. We know our listeners can't wait to listen to all of this and I'm sure they enjoyed all of it because these are questions they always ask yeah. us and Jensen and I were saying before we started like neither of us have a cow we're not an ag at all <laughs> yeah. so it's great to have someone on that like is more of an expert than yeah. we are well we will go and you guys can pet them all we've got lots of cows <laughs> oh, ready yay. to be pet <laughs> so all right fun. well then it's time to sign off that's, yeah. that's our sign yeah. um but yes just thank you again yeah, this is wonderful and we will share all the links to Lane's End in our bio in our show notes um please go check her out if you're local to this area um i can't recommend the products enough i know she's here in brockway but also in dubois and brookville Mm -hmm. in multiple locations which you can find on our social media or website um they have their products which is where i pick them up a lot so um yes please go check her out if you're interested in getting a cow starting a small scale creamery i'm sure she'd be a great resource for yes, you as well yes. so. that's our next step <laughs> <laughs> thank you again thank, thank you. you all right bye, bye guys, guys. <laughs> Remember, although we talk all things health and wellness here, this is not medical advice and you should always seek out your medical professional for further questions. Thanks again for listening. Please remember to share, comment, and subscribe to help support our podcast.